0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, April 6th, 2017. You guys are listening to episode 301. Um, wanted to do like a part two to the 300, but with the Patreon uh, episodes and uh, all the traveling and everything, I figured, you know what, I'll stock up for this one and give you guys a uh, nice, packed-up uh, TVE 301. I hope everybody had a uh, nice time in between shows, Uh, I don't even fucking know what's going on right now, I'm so fried, just running around doing shows, traveling, um, podcasting, and, uh, you know, preparation for the special, which I will be doing in uh, Brooklyn, May 2nd, by the way guys, uh, I have the link for complimentary tickets, so, if you are going to be in the New York City area, if you want to attend that show, please private message me, you could email me at, um, unacceptablesfortve at gmail, Okay. And uh, I will send you, because, you know, obviously the diehard fans, I would love for you guys to be at the special. I know you guys wanna wanna get in there. I believe the room seats like five hundred and fifty people, something like that. We're doing two shows. So uh tickets are gonna go fast when it's only a thousand for the for the whole night. Um, so let me know and reach out. Um, but first before I get into this uh T V E, let me shout out the sponsors. Uh Versey Effect Podcast Show is sponsored by City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services. Coach Mike out there in uh, New England, one of the best dog trainers um, working today. Dedicated 17, 18 years of his life to working with uh, dogs that really need help for families. Um, And uh, you could check out his amazing YouTube clips with these dogs. He does Facebook Lives. And you could just watch him literally transform a fucking terror into, uh, into an angel, and I know that sounds funny, but that's what he does, and I've seen it, and you could see it too, so please support City Living Dog and Coach Mike, um, also All Things Comedy, guys, go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite podcast, the best, best podcasts, and also All Things Record for comedy albums, and, uh, follow them on Twitter, also, at All Things Comedy, um, okay, guys, I also want to up top thank all of the Patreon, um, The Patreon subscribers uh, and for you people that did pay for video content don't worry it's coming we're actually looking to upload it we've had a hard time I've been doing these quick ones quick unacceptables that we're going to be putting out it's just with the file and to the phone into this thing it's a fucking nightmare we're working that out but you're still going to get everything else and when the videos come out you you will be the only people who have access to it if you paid for it so um, and everybody else thank you have uh, another uh, one or two probably even two might be one short one and, um, and a guest this week on the Patreon. Uh, also, the uh, tickets are available on Patreon. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you already have access to people who have already got the complimentary tickets. So thank you so much for that um, as well. All right, ton of stuff to talk about. But first, I have to thank all of the listeners who came out to my shows at Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown. Unbelievable weekend. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming out, I had a great time, shows were packed, especially Saturday, I believe both shows Saturday were almost sold out by, um, by Showtime, and, um, I want to thank everybody that came up, uh, you know, I want to thank the people that came out, and, um, had fans there, diehards, oh, a couple of guys came out, I forgot their names, shit, was it Brian, I forgot, and then there was Daniel, brought me, brought me, um, People brought me sticks, and people were just so cool, and there were diehard fans there, and I really had a great time running the hour there. Uh, Please check out, and Governors does it right, man. They don't drop the checks on the comedian. I don't know, for the love of God, I don't know why all comedy clubs don't do this. For you people that don't know, that aren't in the fucking business, a lot of times when the headliner is on, about halfway through the show, your check comes. And it's called the check, you're basically doing a check spot where You could be in the middle of a great joke. You could be in the middle of a great fucking story, and and all of a sudden everybody just gets distracted. They start looking at their bills, and they're not paying attention to the show anymore. But the clubs that get it now stop doing that, and they wait to the end of the show. They don't care if it takes an extra 15, 20 minutes. They wait to the end of the show, and then you pay your bill. So it never interrupts the headliner set, and it it was awesome. The staff was amazing. The owners were amazing to me. Everything about governors that... um, you know, that weekend was, was, was great, so, uh, I really appreciate it, and support that club, that club is awesome, and I will definitely be back, uh, that's what I was told, and I would love to be back, um, all right, guys, a lot of cool stuff to talk about on the show, where do we go first, I have a lot of unacceptables for you guys, a lot, so, I want to get to those, but I will first do my unacceptable, and then I will get into your guys' unacceptable, also, shout out to, Uh, uh, Well, happy birthday to Kay Adams, who is the co-host, one of the four uh, co-hosts of Good Morning Football. You guys know I do the acceptable, unacceptable segment on the NFL Network's Good Morning Football. Drove down to CBS uh, Studios this morning and uh, did another segment today, and it was Kay Adams' birthday. So happy birthday to her. Those guys are great. Yeah, and I wanted to congratulate them as well because they actually won an Emmy Award. Uh, good Morning Football won an Emmy Award for sports television shows, uh, and it's awesome to have been a, a part of their first year and moving on into the second year. I always have a good time on the show, and those guys are great. Um, so congratulations to them. But my unacceptable, guys, my unacceptable this week is um, we went out to dinner for my um, my mother and my stepfather's 30th wedding anniversary. We went up to a nice restaurant up near where they live in Poughkeepsie, New York, um, which is pretty far, probably like an hour and a half, hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes to New, York, to New York City from there, from my house, probably like 40, 45 minutes away, and it was great, all the siblings were there, my two brothers, my sister, um, my kids, uh, my sister's boyfriend, my uh, brother's girlfriend, uh, my, obviously, my mother's stepfather, so we're all there, we have this big table, and we're having a nice, um, we're having a nice dinner. And, uh, or I should say we ordered a nice dinner, and we get the appetizer, appetizer come, and it was this appetizer came in with this big, it was a big, just beautiful salad with this crazy dressing, and it had fried calamar in it, it was great, delicious, and we got this pizza that had figs on it, and some other fuck, it was delicious, right, And the appetizers are good, they brought the drinks quick, everything is going good, nice conversation, happy anniversary, my stepfather's been great to my mother, my mother has gone through what she's went through, and it's just, she's happy that she's got all of her kids, and she's got her two grandchildren there, everything is going good. So we order, food starts to take a little long, but whatever, we're having a nice conversation, we're having a nice conversation. Now the food starts coming out, and oh great, the dinner's here, so... My wife ordered a steak, I ordered salmon with like spicy sausage, it was a really nice dish, my brother ordered some, some meat and vegetables, everybody's getting their thing, you know, everybody else, some people order tuna, nice dinners come out. So I get my salmon, my brother gets his, his steak, everybody's meal comes out except my wife's steak. Now my wife says, well done, so we're thinking, oh, it'll be, it'll be out. So they said, oh, we're working on your steak. Five minutes goes by. Now, people start to slowly eat, not knowing what's going on, and I'm kind of like tasting my salmon, but I don't want to be rude to my wife, and and I'm fucking hungry, and my wife was starving, because we didn't eat that day, we were waiting, and we had the kids, and we had to drive up, just a bunch of shit going on, and now my wife, now 10 minutes goes by, okay, 10 minutes goes by, and my wife's meal's not here now. So now people at the table start going, oh, my God, Stacy, your meal's not here. And I'm looking around, and now I'm going, this is fucking ridiculous. This is ridiculous. So now I look at the waiter, and I'm like, yeah, my wife's steak is not here. He's like, yeah, no, I know, I know we're working on it, we're working on it. So I'm like, no, this, it's not if it's well done. Because if it's well done, they would have put it on first, it would have came out. So my wife goes, I bet they forgot about it. So now 15 minutes goes by, people are almost done, and my poor wife, luckily, there was like this side dish that my brother did not eat. My brother does not like cheese. My brother does not like potatoes. And it was like this amazing kind of fucking potato thing that came on the side. So my wife is eating that. And my wife had like, there was still appetizer. So my wife was eating, but like, it's ridiculous. Like her meal's not there. Finally, the meal comes out. So I'm like, all right, it's unacceptable, but not. And it doesn't come out well done. It comes out red. So my wife will not eat it because she can't eat that. She has to. So then she tells the guy and... He brings it back there, and she's like, yeah, they forgot about it, and they fucking did. Then it comes back, and the sides look like, you know, cooked, cut into it, still red. She didn't send it back. Fucking unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Not only did my poor wife have to wait another 15, 20 fucking minutes before she ate with everybody else, the meal was wrong for her. And we're at this nice fucking thing. Now, I didn't make a big deal. Nobody made a big deal. We had an amazing dessert. We had an amazing time. But you can't fucking have that happen. You can't have one person feel like that. It's holding me back from eating. Everybody else feels fucking bad. My wife is starving. Absolutely 100% percent unfucking acceptable There you go. How about that for the first one after 300? Perfect. Unacceptable! You're going to make me fucking sit there and wait to eat because you fucking forgot my wife's steak and you got a big party like this. You know you're going to get a good tip. we got drinks. Everybody's boozing. Everybody's eating. We're getting appetizers. It's going to be a big check. You know, it's going to be a check for at least six, $700. And you're going to fuck that up because you forgot, you know, absolutely unacceptable. All right, let's go to your guys' unacceptables now, see what you guys have. Uh, I'm going to try to get to these. There is a lot here, but we will see. Um... Here we go, this one says, not sure what I just saw, first time writing in, okay, from Derek Mars, okay, Derek, uh, Verzi, a quick unacceptable for you, or maybe it's just me, I'm sitting here in the cafeteria at work having my lunch, a Caesar salad with a side of rice, guy across from me just squirted hot sauce into a Dorito Cool Ranch bag, he shook the bag and is eating them right now as I type this, fucked up, right? As always, thank you for the great podcast each week. I've been a listener for a few years and have seen you perform in Florida. Uh, uh, here we go. P.S. Please YouTube the short video Italian Guy Tries to Sell House. Uh, might be the funniest video on the internet at the moment. Best wishes, dude, Derek. Well, thank you so much for the recommendation. That sounds hilarious. So I have to uh, I have to check that out. Um, I have to check that out now. And, uh, all right, so the hot sauce into a Cool Ranch bag and shook it up. Yeah, that's a weird one because, like, I don't know if that guy – See, I love hot sauce, but I feel like the hot sauce with the Cool Ranch, the Cool Ranch taste on the chip with the Cool Ranch powder and all that shit, I don't know that that seems – but he might be onto something. So before before we uh, shit on it, I think everybody listening to this podcast that has a bag of – Doritos, Cool Ranch, should grab some hot sauce, do it, then right back into the show, and we could find out if it's fucking disgusting or not, um, if that's just as Damian Lemon, my buddy would say, is that fat people shit, I don't know, Was the guy big, because you know, those big guys get creative with how they eat, but um, anyway, thank you so much for writing in for the first time, uh, Derek, I'm gonna try that shit now, and uh, let you know, thank you for listening, and I will definitely check out, the Italian guy tries to sell a house, that sounds hilarious, um, here we go. Let's see what the next one is. Um, let's see. Okay, Kai. Okay, skinny shaming, first timer. Nice, another first timer to the show. Thank you so much, Kyle. Kyle Lamfar? Uh, Lamfer. I hope I got that right. If I fucked up, I'm sorry. Hi Paul. Uh, what the sneaker fuck? Uh when did being skinny physically fit become uh become something to shame? The next fuck that tells me I'm too skinny and need to eat something is going to be cut <laughs> to their uh gravy bleeding heart attack uh waiting ankles. You fat fucking animals. May the god's bless them with a shampoo sized whale cage. <laughs> I love how you guys get so. When you guys go in at the end to fucking go after somebody, you go in. Shit. Uh, uh. I'm sorry. Sha- Shamu size whale cage, and they be fed. Uh. They be fed whatever the fuck Weight Watcher shoves down their fat gullet. Uh. Mahalam from Maui, Paul. Wow. Uh. I actually had some people from uh, Hawaii at the show. We love to have you and the boys do a show over here. Uh, Aloha, brother. Yeah, man, Kyle. I'd love to come out there. Matter of fact, there's a festival out there in Maui, I believe, um, that that uh, they said that they wanted me to go to. So hopefully in the future I'll be out there performing. Thank you for the submission. Got two first-timers right out of the gate. Um, here we go. This one is from uh, Randy. Oh, we got another new one. You guys are coming out of the woodworks here. Nice. The ghosts of a bad diet. Uh, from Randy uh, Popple? I hope I say that right. Uh, okay, Popel. Okay, Randy Popel. Randy Popel says, Hey, Paul, new submitter. I love the show. I've gone back and listened to every single podcast from 10 on. That's the earliest uh, Podbean has. Your podcast is killer. Well, thank you so much, uh, Randy. I work with uh, electricians and general contractors to sell them product, okay? I also live in South Texas, which is known for delicious yet unhealthy food and wet heat. I know that. I'm going to Texas this weekend, and I know you guys do not fuck around with your portion sizes or what you put on shit. Uh, these people aren't available to eat healthier because they're hours and ge- uh, and uh, generally bad practices anyway. Paul, when you take a shit, it's not supposed to streak the bottom of the bowl when you flush, right? It's supposed to... <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's supposed to be nice and clean More often than not When I go to take the Browns to the Super Bowl There is somebody else's team still. <laughs> still on. Why do my listeners Talk about shitting so hilariously I don't know I think Kelly Meyer has raised the bar Kelly Meyer has raised the bar So high of shit stories On this podcast That you guys just all come with your A-game. I could never talk as eloquently about shit as the listeners of the Verzi effect. Uh, On the bench, nothing short of throwing a ball of paper in the bowl and scrubbing with the plunger uh, gets it off. Uh, Okay. Okay, here we go. It, uh, It gets worse. When summer rolls around, occasionally I will see a triangle of light brown on the back of the seat. That means that one of these poor grind-eating fat fucks can't wipe their ass fully <laughs> the last time they took a shit. And that, and that has been rolling around their ass crack while they while they work. Enough so that they go to sit uh, and imprint their old shit into the seat. <laughs> the next person. It's fucking gross. Bring a scrub bush. Lock them up in a cage with oven mitts and itchy assholes. Thanks again, Paul. Love the uh, Patreon. And please come to San Antonio sometime soon. Well, guess what, Randy? I'm opening for Bill Burr in San Antonio this Sunday night. That's right. I will be at the Majestic Theater with Bill Burr this Sunday night um, doing two shows. So I will be there. And thank you. For the first time, submit another first timer. I appreciate it. Here we go. Um, oh my God, I got tears in my eyes. You guys are fucking killing me here. Oh, by the way, before I get into the next unacceptable. So, my old manager, David Kimowitz, great dude. He told me about um, basically like adult wipes for your ass. like Like, you know the way they have baby wipes where you wipe the baby's ass with the fucking wet... Well, they have them for adults. And he said, you have not had a clean ass until you've done this. So... I have wipes here that you can wipe your ass with. But I kind of stayed traditional to toilet paper. Other day, we run out of toilet paper. For some reason, I don't know. Just I'm like, yeah, hey, is there toilet paper upstairs? No, is there toilet paper down? There's no toilet paper. So my wife goes, no, you need to get like 8 to 12 rolls of toilet paper for the house. But I was going to the bathroom and I needed it. So I went to the wipes. Holy shit. No pun intended. The absolute... Now... I'm like a compulsive wiper, when I wipe, I gotta make sure, like, I got a clean ass, like, I'm just really, you know, I don't know if it's my OCD, but like, I don't take any chances, you know, I like a clean ass, I don't like to have to fucking, you know, when you, you know, I don't want to re-wipe and shit, so, uh, I did these wipes, and oh my god, just the freshness between my ass cheeks was on another level, so I think what I'm gonna do is, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do this. I have a, a new system, I think, how I'm going to wipe my ass. I think I'm going to wipe my ass with traditional toilet paper. Then, for backup, grab the fucking adult, like, baby wipe. Wipe my ass with that. Then, third time, go back to the toilet paper and wipe the wetness from the off my ass. And then I think it's just a perfect ass. Um, all right, here we go athletes salaries this one is from Greg. It drives me nuts when sports fans bitch about a player uh, leaving a franchise to go for a paycheck somewhere else particularly Patriots fans It's been unacce- it's unacceptable when all these dopes from Dorchester with the heavy accent call in saying guys like uh, Martellus Bennett, And Malcolm Butler should be taking a hometown discount to stay with the team and get the ring. These dudes are the fucking worst. Most NFL careers are pretty short. I got no problem with a player coming here to get get a ring, to get a ring, and to boost his market value to go get paid somewhere else. Uh, It's these same idiots who didn't want Malcolm Butler to leave New England, but as soon as Belichick signed, uh, the top cornerback in the market, they all want to bash him and find his flaws and cut bait with him like he wasn't the reason they won an- another Super Bowl. This is exactly why people can't stand the Patriots franchise. The stereotypical Boston douche with the accent who knows more about sports than uh, anyone else because he coaches his kid's peewee team. Uh, if your boss came to you and asked you to take a pay cut, because the company you work for is so successful, you tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, if your boss came to you and asked you for a pay cut, because you, uh, yeah, exactly. I understand some of these contracts are insane, but at the end of the day, the NFL is a business, and the players uh, and the players are its employees. Side note: I know you um, mentioned it before, but the guy who calls in saying, hey guys, first time caller, long time listener, should never be allowed to call a radio station, the hosts of the show always have the same, dreamy response, who the fuck cares if it's your first time calling a radio show, Greg, um, all right, anyway, thank you so much, and, I agree. And you know what we don't think about with those contracts, we really don't is the amount of people and the amount of money that they have. You got to understand something. They're, they're making hundreds of million. They're making 500 they're making billions of dollars. You know, there's so much money there. You know, and we were talking about it with comedy specials like you know Chappelle and Chris Rock getting 20 million a special. Well, you know what? If it's going internationally, Netflix is probably making off like getting off on them too. Making making, you know, screwing them. Because think about it, when you have that much money, if you're pulling in a billion dollars a year, you can give out 200 million because you're still making so much money and you're putting out the content. Um, By the way, I'm not going to lie, I'm doing a special and uh, I'm getting scared because all these specials coming out, I'm not watching them, but people will be like, oh, you know, make sure they don't touch on a subject and like, you know, luckily I tape all my shows, but you just get nervous because it's like, by the time my special is edited, you're like, fuck, fuck. You know, it, it, like so many specials are coming out now and I want to get mine out there because like you just want to fucking... And that's why it's important to always have content that's original to you in your life. But uh, yeah, man, it's... Uh, as far as the money goes though, you know, look, if an NFL player rips his knee and is never the same, they'll fucking... still will ship him. They will take him out to pasture. They'll walk outside and put a gun and fucking put him down like a wounded fucking horse. So, who the fuck are you to tell somebody in America, hey, stay loyal to the Patriots, even though the Cincinnati Bengals want to give you $8 more a year. Yeah, forget your kids and all that. Fuck you. You Take the money, of course. Thank you for the submission. Oh, speaking of football, I got to tell you guys this story before I get into the next one. So this is what I'm going to do with this one. There's so many fucking um, submissions. No, actually, no, not so many. We're doing good. But I just want to um, tell you guys this. So I go to my son's flag football game, and they're in the playoffs. So if they lose, they get eliminated f- from, from championship contention. I think they play like a consolation game or whatever to get third place or whatever. But as far as like winning the championship, they're out of it if they lost last week. And they won. So they're moving on. They're in the semifinal tonight. And I'm watching my son and my son was determined. And I think I like screwed up by telling him you guys are eliminated if you lose. But I guess it was a good thing because he was making plays all over the fucking field. You could argue him or another kid who caught a couple of touchdowns were MVP. My son did something. And I got to tell you, watching this as a parent was one of the fucking, it went from the most nerve wracking to the craziest. So my son catches a little three yard out. And he just runs down the sideline and he gets about 10 yards. And two defenders come up on him, and he stopped. And I just looked at his face, and instead of just stopping there, he says, fuck it, and he turns the other way and starts running 10 yards backwards, and he just keeps running backwards. And now he's in the back of his own end zone, and I got my hands on my head. The coach is like a great dude, so he's probably just like, what the fuck? And my son just starts running the other way, reverses field. Nobody gets him yet. Then he starts getting positive yards, and I'm like, all right, just get the 10 yards back because he went all the way back. He went 10, then probably ran 20 back, then on the side of reverse, and then he just starts going upfield, and he makes a cut, and he just fucking takes it to the house, and I'm going fucking nuts. Me and this other dad are punching each other. I'm going, "What, what the fuck? And my mother came. And my stepfather came, and it was the first time the Kane was game, so we knew his grandmother was there. And he just flies in the end zone, and he just got this look of determination, and the place is going nuts. And I was just like, this is the fucking greatest thing. I just wanted to share that. It was nerve wracking and then the best thing I've ever witnessed. Um, okay, here we go. This is from Tim Williams, Dunkin' Donuts, st- 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 Stoner. My last submission. Finally had something worth sending in. I was. Uh, hitting the road this summer, stopping for my morning Joe when I stumbled behind some slug nuggets for another uh, unacceptable start to the day. I noticed I pulled up behind this car, they had the windows down, and were passing around a blunt. Whatever, I've smoked weed in my day, and I am not one to judge, Stephen A. Smith voice. Uh, (laughs) However, uh, when you smoke like a fucking idiot with no regrets To your surroundings It's fucking annoying These people rolled up to the drive through And could see the driver uh, And I could see the driver order Then the passenger leaned over Then the driver pulled up slightly And the passenger in the rear of the car Rolled down his window to order It was like, okay Maybe the driver is too stoned To remember everybody's order No big deal, wrong I pull up order my very simple black iced coffee, and then start sitting behind the car in front of me. Paul, everyone in the car uh, in the front of me apparently ordered separately. I can see the drive through person getting pissed off having to run in three separate transactions, and the fuckers are paying with small bills and coins and questioning what's in the bag of each separate order. Finally, I pulled up, got my coffee, and left only to have to dodge the same car, backing up and jamming, oh my God, uh, into park next to the trash cans. As I pull out, I see there is a line out of the parking lot of backing up traffic on the streets because these motherfuckers ahead of me. If you're going to get stoned in the morning, don't fuck up everybody else's commute. Go inside and order. Uh, as you drool all over yourselves, don't clog up the drive through Thanks, Tim. P.S. I watched an incredibly unacceptable documentary the other day called An Open Secret about pedophilia in Hollywood. Disturbing, uh, but worth the hour and 40. Here's the link to the YouTube. Strange, it's getting removed from every other medium. Uh, Yeah, that's fucking brutal. It's brutal, and um, that shit gets me really down to know that that's what those kids were going through, and that's why they do drugs and shit. Um, the pedophilia is fucking disgusting. Those people should be fucking put down. Thank you for the submission, and uh, I get what you're saying. Nothing is worse than growing up and then seeing young you, because some of those people were like you doing stupid shit, and you're just like, wow, I did that, uh, and it is unacceptable. And uh, I just don't know how are you getting that t- fucked up that early. Uh, unacceptable office nail clipper. <laughs> Hey, Paul, congratulations on the 300th episode of the podcast. I haven't written for a long time, but this one I had to share. At my job, they are doing renovations for the entire office. For now, some of us have to share garage uh, pails with, which I have no problem with, okay? Uh, however, the co-worker behind me, who is not even close to next to me, uh, takes it upon himself to roll himself over to my garbage pail next to me and proceeded to start... Clipping his fingernails. Paul, this guy is so close to where I can easily give him an elbow without, uh, without too much movement. I believe clipping your fingernails is something you do in the privacy of your own home and not in an office environment with 40 to 50 employees around. I agree with that. Uh, at least, I mean, toes, let's be honest. Toes are worse, but I hear you. If one of the fingernails had flicked onto my desk or even hit me, I would staple it to his head. Lock this man up in a cage with his fingernails glued to his face. Thank you. By the way, thanks for bringing Alexis on to talk about pizza. Uh, to talk about the best pizza spots in New York. I've I'm not the biggest pizza guy like you and Alexis, but I'm in I'm a New Yorker, and uh, grew up eating pizza every week, or every other week. It's great to know excellent authentic pizza is around and appreciated Ron. Thank you so much Ron. I appreciate the submission and I agree with you 100%. I would also say toenails definitely worse but I'll give you the I'll give you the fingernails as well. uh okay here we go. couple more here let's see where we are on time everybody I know all right we're only a half hour into the show. 29 minutes actually. All right let's see how many more we have. All right there's a few hopefully. No, alright, nah, we'll be alright We should be alright Alright, let me see here This one is from Adrian uh, I hope I get this shit right Uh, Adrian Uh Sar, Sarama- Saram Saramiento. Saram- Saramiento? Saramiento. Adrian Sarmento. I hope I got that right Sorry Adrian if I didn't Um Hey, Paulie, I've got a new unacceptable for you. This one deals with family members, so your opinion would be much appreciated. Okay, my wife and I have been married for three years. We have a son together, uh, and her two kids from another marriage live with us as well. When our son was born, we were looking for childcare as... as my wife was going through nursing school and I was working full-time trying to support the whole household. My wife is a native to the area that we live in and most of her family members still li- live nearby. My family members all live uh, out of state, so I don't really have the support of my family when it comes to child care. Long story short, my mother-in-law moves in with us and takes care of our son while my wife is at school and I am at work. My wife finished school and we could... Uh, and we could arrange our work schedules around to be able to take care of our son ourselves. My mother-in-law started working again and gives us rent money as she's still living with us. Uh, Well, the time came to purchase a house, so we asked my mother-in-law if she was planning to continue to live with us so that we could find a bigger home, to which she responded by saying, no, don't purchase a house with the idea that I will be living with you guys. So we didn't. We bought a four-bedroom home Oh, boy, I know where this is going, which would have been enough rooms for for each of our children to have their own room. Fast forward a couple of uh, couple of years and mother-in-law is still living with us, which (laughs) which leaves my two year old sleeping in our room. Oh, no. And the sleepless nights continue. Here is the part that really gets to me. My mother-in-law says that she cannot afford to move out on her own right now, and we don't push her because she helped us out when we really needed somebody to take care of our kid. But she continues to make purchase. <laughs> she continues to make purchase after purchase off of Amazon for useless things. Oh boy, um, she will only purchase organic foods or super expensive ingredients. And the kicker is that she is planning to go to Hawaii. With other family members. It just doesn't seem right that we can't go to Hawaii because we don't have the money right now. But she can because she only pays rent uh, for the room she is in, which is technically my son's room. I apologize for the length of this email, but am I wrong in saying that this is unacceptable? Or am I the unacceptable animal for not supporting families? Somebody needs to get locked in a cage, and I need your opinion on who you think it should be. Thanks for the podcast, and please keep playing Phoenix Clubs. I went to stand-up live to see you and, uh, see you again, and you and Burke killed it. Sincerely, Adrian from, uh, okay, Adrian, uh, Sarmiento. I hope I, I didn't fucking, I got that right. Adrian! Here we go. I'm going to give you my honest-to-God opinion. I think that your mother-in-law is 1,000% wrong. I do. I think that the fact that you guys were planning to buy a house and you were conscious enough and nice enough and courteous enough and gracious enough to say, Hey, you helped us out with our kid. We really appreciate it. Your family, we love you. Should we buy a bigger house? No, no, no. Don't do that on my account. You spend thousands of dollars less and now you're crowded. Um, and the fact that she's spending a lot of money and, you know, not really helping because she's not working or whatever and she's going on vacations with other family. Look, I know it's your mother-in-law. I know you love her. That doesn't seem cool. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem cool. It's like, you know... At least plan. Plan ahead. Plan for the future. That puts me and my wife in a bad situation. The kid's sleeping in our bed. It's crowded and uncomfortable. 100% you are right. It's unacceptable. Now, what are you going to do? You can't kick her the fuck out, but you're right. It is unacceptable, and uh, I hate to say it, but that's kind of on your wife because you can't say anything, you know? If my mother-in-law did something I don't like, I'm not going to really, I'm just going to be like, you know, you got to tell your wife sometimes. I mean, sometimes you got to say something, but, like, it's hard. It puts a guy in a rough situation because it's like, look, that's not fucking right you know, that's not right, and uh, anytime living with a in-law or anything like that, that seems like it could get, you know, uh, I I don't know if I could do that, you know, and, and I get along with my mother-in-law, and, uh, you know, I, but it would be something where it's like, if you live like that, like, if you did live like that, like, have, like, a, an off house or a fucking loft, like, have an extension, like, in the house where the kids got, no, nah, that's fucking wrong, you're 100% right, yeah. Uh, Thank you for the submission, and I agree with you 100%. I do not think you are the one who should be in the cage. I don't think she should be in a cage, but I think she should be in an off house. <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, let's see here. You might, what, a lot of, oh, okay. Yes, somebody, no, that was not unacceptable. I'm sorry, I was just reading something that. All right, here we go. Ultimate unacceptable from John Doe, Anonymous. Here we go almost done guys with the unacceptables, but these are good, these are good, and I'm giving you some shit in between, keeping the shit flowing, but it's been a while, my fans are writing in, I gotta get to you guys, you guys are the best, here we go, hey Paul, I've written on your podcast before, but decided to make up a fake email address, as this one is pretty embarrassing, hoping the person doesn't listen to this podcast, oh boy, here we go, went to a girl's house, (laughs) this is already gonna be good, uh, about 30 minutes ago, where we were just hanging out after having dinner. I had to run to the bathroom to take a piss. While taking a piss, my dumbass decided to check my Instagram feed while pissing. Um, and not too long after, I felt a, I felt a waterfall of piss running down both of my legs. And I immediately looked down and noticed that I began pissing on myself. <laughs> I immediately continued aiming for the toilet as my pants started to absorb the massive wet spots on both legs. I finished up, cleaned whatever mess on the floor, and stormed out while trying to avoid this girl so she wouldn't see the massive water spots on my jeans. Literally from my waist to my knees, if that helps paint a picture for you. (laughs) Unacceptable of the day. Piss first, then check your phone after. Too bad I can't announce myself on this one. I just feel embarrassed as an adult to have pissed on myself. I currently... (laughs) I'm currently home as I write this with the washer on just to clean this mess. Not to mention my wallet that's slightly wet. Uh, Well, there goes my Friday night. Uh, Looks like I won't be getting any tonight. Um... You know what the worst is, though? And, and th- yeah, that is, that is definitely unacceptable that you were looking at your phone and did it. Makes it worse. But I remember I was pissing, and it just started hitting something, and my belt buckle was, like, hanging down. And, like, my piss stream hits the belt buckle, and it's just going everywhere. Fucking nightmare. Fucking nightmare. But it happens. Um, that's hilarious. Thank you so much for the uh, submission. Okay, here we go. A couple of quick ones and then we're done. This one is from uh, Kurt. And it says, loud sneezers. Hey, Paul, this never bothered me before, but I just uh, started sharing an office with a woman who sneezes extraordinarily, (laughs) excessively loud. (laughs) It sounds like a shotgun going off right behind me. We all sneeze, I get it. But does anyone really need to scream... (laughs) Dude, I know exactly to scream when they sneeze. Of course, she is allergic to practically everything. She's not an animal, so no cage needed. But get her a hazmat suit with a rich supply of purified air, so I could get through the workday without my natural startle <laughs> response going off every time she sneezes/slash uh, battle cries. Yeah, those people that do that, like ah. <laughs> oh, thank you, all right, two more quick ones, forgot something, read this one after the previous one, okay, so here's your previous one, this is from Derek Morin, okay, Uh, unacceptable, Paul, I was cracking up listening to 299, I have an eight-year-old stepson, I've been in his life since he was three, so during the end stages of potty training, So around the time he is still having issues wiping himself, I hear him calling from the bathroom for his mom. She was busy, so I go see what's up. I open the door, and he's sitting there 100% naked. Needless to say, I was a little shocked. I asked why he was naked, and he said he is afraid he is going to get poop on his clothes, (laughs) which is understandable uh, at that age, but I figured it was just a face he would grow out of. Fast forward five years, he still gets completely naked when he takes a shit. He even uh, does it at school. We <laughs> we know this because we have gotten calls about it. I love the, the little kid, but him and Alexis are freaks. Shitting naked, unacceptable, <laughs> unless you're about to take a shower. Uh, all right, and then what is your next one? Also, I know a guy that would only shit at his house because he had to take a shower afterwards. I believe it was because he didn't like or didn't use toilet paper. He's a freak to lock him up with Alexis and my kid Derek. Um, yeah, I knew somebody that always had to shower after they shit it. They owe it they would shit and then immediately <laughs> and immediately shower. I don't uh, I don't get that. I don't get that. Like I don't understand what's wrong. I like if anything, I like to, cuz naked is so vulnerable. Like, not that somebody's gonna come in with a gun, but if somebody did barge into your house while you're taking a shit, it's nice to know your pants are right there by your knees or your ankles. You just lift them up and you, you have at least somewhat of a somewhat of a chance um, instead of just being buck-ass naked. Like, I don't want to be that vulnerable. Uh, all right, let's see if there's anyone on Twitter. And then we'll talk a couple of other things. Uh, let's see. I don't see... Yes, there was a couple on Twitter, wasn't there? Sorry, guys. The Twitter ones just because when I do shows or if I do TV or something and then they come in about that and then it buries the ones that I was like, oh, that's a good one. Let me read that one. Um, let me see what we have here. Oh, thank you, too, to the podcast listeners that came out last night. I was uh, one of the first comedians to do a New York Comedy Club's quarterly headliner series, and I had people in the show. I had podcast listeners and fans. Thank you so much. A dude from Australia was there uh, podcast fan from Australia, and I had a really good time, and, um, it was great, it was great to see everybody there, so thank you guys so much for, uh, for coming out to that as well, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. There was one. If you did it, okay, this one is from uh, Gary L. at Gary333. If you're not going to lift the toilet seat and still miss that bad, at least wipe your piss off the floor. Yeah, there was There was piss there. And then what else? Was that the last one? All right, if I missed it, guys, if you tweeted me an unacceptable, just retweet it and I will get it and read it to you guys. Uh, sorry about that. Also, thank you guys who listened to 300. Me and Bobby Kelly had a great time. If you did not listen to 300, I know people said they had a hard time doing it. Um, I did it again. I uploaded it twice in two different ways. So hopefully that works. Okay, here's one. Joey D. at Death and Stuff. Uh, Paul, look at this fucking animal throwing pistachio shells on the floor in an airplane. Lock him up. And, yeah, he, yeah that, that is brutal. He sent me a picture of a guy sitting in his airplane seat with, like, some kind of packet or, like, reading, doing some work with the tray out, and he's just eating pistachios, throwing the shells on the floor. Fucking unacceptable. Uh, All right, guys, that's it for the Unacceptables. Thank you guys so much. If you guys want to submit your Unacceptables for the Verzi Effect podcast, please email me at unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. That is unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Uh, all right. What else do we have to talk about? Let's see where we are here. We are at uh, f- uh, yeah, 42 minutes, 30 seconds. Um, I got a couple of movies that I want to talk to you guys about. I think I mentioned on the Patreon. If I did, I apologize. I'll just say it again. Hands of Stone. You got to see it. Roberto Durant, fucking Robert De Niro, one of his best acting performances the last 15 years. I shit you not. Awesome movie. Then I did something. Then I did something. Which I normally don't do, but it's so fucking hard to pick something on Netflix because you have so many options. You don't know what mood you're in. You're like, do I want to watch a fucking thing? And then you're like, oh, look at this. And then you're like, oh, I want to learn about this. And, oh, this animal. Let me learn about this animal. Fucking, oh, here's a comedy special. I don't want to watch that because I'm doing a comedy special. I don't want any fucking, you know. So you don't know what to do. So finally, I'm laying down. I can't sleep. And I see movie classics. And I see The Hustler with Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason as Minnesota Fats. And uh, Fast Eddie Felton. Eddie Felton um, was uh, Paul Newman's character. And it's about a it's black and white, and it's about a, a pool hustler. He goes into these, that's how he makes his money. And um, really, really fucking cool. Um, I will say this. Older movies in the 60s, the acting and what they said, it was just not the way it is now. Like, I've noticed that. And not that it should be, but it's so much more realistic now. Like in the 40s, it was like, uh, hey, you see that guy over there? Let's go talk to him see and see what he says. And then in the 50s, it was just like, uh, you know, well, I don't care what she says. Let's go over there and take a look. You know, that was like the 50s. Then the 60s, it started to get a little more realistic, but still off. Like, in The Hustler, Paul Newman would say something like, no, now why'd you go and say something like that? Like, nobody would say that. Like, you would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Or like, you know? Like, if my wife did something that I didn't want her to do, or, like, if she put something in the microwave too long, I would never be like, oh, Stacy, now why would you go and do something like that and ruin that dinner? Like, I wouldn't talk like like honeymooners. <laughs> so that's the only thing. There were definitely lines of, like, hey, you know what you did? I mean, I wouldn't go and say that. Like, it was just, it was a little, that. so I had to get past that. I had to get past certain edits, Um, but the movie was really cool, and seeing Jackie Gleason play like a serious character, or seeing Jackie Gleason like, like Jackie Gleason was so fucking talented, and such a monster talent that, you can tell he could have done anything, he could have been in a horror movie, he could have done a comedy, which he did, he could have done drama, like he was just so cool, and, Paul Newman was just this fucking young, good-looking pool shark. It was awesome. I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed watching it. And, uh, you know, it had a couple of things that were like, oh, you didn't need that in there. I feel like movies back then, they just kind of added stuff. I don't know. It didn't seem like certain things didn't have to happen. Um, but I I, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to say I loved it. But it was just cool to go and see two actors that you saw later on, like Gleason and Paul Newman, who have done things for a while. It was cool to see them in an old 60s or whatever movie, um, black and white, and kind of just see that. It it was really cool. And there's one amazing pool scene at the beginning of the movie, actually, where uh, Fast Eddie plays uh, Minnesota Fats, uh, Jackie Gleason. And Gleason's Gleason's just whole demeanor during it was just amazing. It really was amazing, like, just so cool, and, uh, so check that out, so Hands of Stone, definitely, um, and, and Hands of Stone, like I said, Hands of Stone was so good, my wife was, like, working on the computer while I was watching it, and her eyes would go up to the screen every once in a while, and then finally she just stopped working, and she loved the movie, and she watched it, and she was like, it was a great movie, so, and it's not just about boxing, it's about how, um, what was his name? Ray Arcel, the 70-something-year-old uh, boxing trainer. The mafia told him he had to stay out of boxing. But he saw Roberto Duran and, like, he wanted to change his life and help him, and he did. And they, they ended up winning a title. And But just how everything happened and Roberto Duran coming from Panama, how he didn't like the U.S. because of what the U.S. troops were doing over there. Really cool stuff. So, uh, hands of stone and... And check out The Hustler if you want to watch some movie classics. I'm going to start watching more classic movies, and I'll give you those reviews too. Maybe I'll even do that on Patreon for you guys. Um, Also, so people that don't know the Patreon, um, we're we're always putting up um, some pictures and and more and more so uh just like i said if you could just be patient with the video we're just trying to figure it out and then i'm going to do quick unacceptables and the people that did pay for video content also updates you know when i have an update or something new it's going to go to the people that paid for that or if you just want extra content and you want to pay the three dollars you know you can do that as well all the way up until whatever so Um, Thank you guys for that. I got a a handful more and every week we're getting more uh, patreon listeners I'm gonna have some big guests on patreon soon, too. So, um, you know I'd love to have you aboard that and get the extra content. I'm glad the people that are on there like it All right, guys Um, UNC Congratulations to UNC Um, The Tar Heels won national championship. I was kind of pulling for Gonzaga just because they've never been there before and You know, it would have been cool to see a team that never, you know, you know, got there do it, but I did see UNC this year. I got to give credit. Bill Burr, man, every time Bill's like, let's go this year, something happens. He said, let's go to the Derby this year. We went to the Derby. We saw the first Triple Crown winner since 1973. He said, hey, this year we're going to Duke versus UNC. We go to see Duke-UNC. Duke wins and Cameron Indoor goes nuts. We watched UNC. They end up winning the national title the same year. Uh, we watched Alabama one year. They won the national title. That's not really a stretch because they're just such a better fucking program. But um, we've had a lot of luck watching some really good teams during the season, and then those are the teams that win it all. Um, the Yankees, the Yankees. Uh, I think I'm going to go to some Yankee games this year. I'm, I'm hoping this year my son gets into it, but with all the football and the basketball and everything and the fast-paced sports, I don't know if baseball can keep a kid's attention, um, but Hopefully. Hopefully. And you, Met fans out there, here I go. I'm not going to shit on the Met fan. I'm done shitting on the Met fans. But I already sense, I already sense, I saw that Jim Brewer video. I already sense a little cockiness in the Met fan. Met fans getting a little cocky, all the pictures of their starting five. Hey, listen, it's New York. Okay, my grandfather, rest his soul, was a diehard Yankee fan. When the Yankees were out of it or not on TV and the Mets were, he rooted for the Mets. Okay, he rooted for New York. He loved both, be- both baseball teams. First team I ever rooted for before I even knew the Yankees existed. I was like in first or second grade. It was 1986, the Mets won, and that was cool. Um, so I don't have hatred. I have hatred for the friends that grew up hating the Yankees like I mentioned before um but you got to calm down with the fucking Mets start you also got to calm down with the Yankees start these P there's 162 games this is going to go on for 6 more 7 fucking months okay of baseball uh we're at right, right yeah so it's april may june july august september october so there's going to be in in 7 months from now Over half a year, there'll be another baseball champion crown. We need to calm the fuck down at the beginning of April, everybody. But the Met fan has that little, this is the, they always have that, it always annoys me when teams have that arrogance at the beginning when they're not a winning team, you know? The San Antonio Spurs can. The Golden State Warriors can. The New York Yankees can. Okay, I don't even mind if a team like, you know, that won a Super Bowl within 10 years. You get a couple of good starts. You know, you, you, can, you can do it. You can do it. The Patriots. Patriots start off 5-0. and I don't mind. 3-0. and Team, oh, we're going to win it this year. But you can't be a team that never won in, in fucking decades. That'd be like the Knicks. If the New York Knicks started out like 22-3, and I wouldn't say we're going to win a title. I just wouldn't. I'd be like, we have a lot. Let's just get out of the first or second fucking round. Met fans, gotta calm it down a little bit. And yes, part of it is my bias, and part of it is my hatred because of your arrogance. Because you have it. Let's be honest. You fucking have it. Um if Met fans just owned the fact that it was the Yankees town, I would fucking root for the Mets when they were playing. I would. If, if the Met fan could just say, fine, we're the little brother. We're awesome, but we're the awesome little brother. You could be the awesome little brother. It's not your fucking town. It's not. I don't, the Yankees have a bigger dick than you have. That's it. They're, they're the bigger dick of the cities. They just do. They have a bigger dick. And when you accept it, you know, they just accept it. The Giants have a bigger dick than the Jets. And as much as the Knicks, I shouldn't even say this. They don't deserve me saying this, but I will. They got a bigger dick than the Nets. Uh, (laughs) There's just certain teams that you're down. But we'll see what happens. I'm hoping for a Subway series again. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a Subway series again. Yeah, the rest of the country might not care. But I remember that glorious 2000, everybody. Me, my older brother Christian sitting back there. You know, a couple of what was it? A couple of um, couple of rows behind was it? Paul O'Neill in right field, and uh, that was a Timo Perez hesitation rounding the bases. I believe who was it? it was Justice threw it to Jeter. Jeter threw it home. Got got him out. Jose Viscaino gets in a bottom of the 11th base hit. We win the game against the Mets in game one. Billy Joel came out. Then we won it. Louis Soho with that big hit in game five to beat the Mets. And as Joe Bartnick says, Paul Verzi wants no happiness in Queens when the Mets play the Yankees. No happiness in Queens. And I love Queens. I lived in Queens. Um, I will say this, though. The Daryl Strawberry away jersey from the Mets from the 80s. The away jersey, Daryl Strawberry number 18 jersey is one of the coolest jerseys fucking ever. Ever. So is the Gooden. Dwight Gooden and, and, oh man. It's, I was just really happy that those two came to the Yankees, but I will, I'm not going to lie. The Mets away jersey, the, the Daryl Strawberry away jersey was, is one of the fucking dopest, uh, jerseys out there. Uh, so, what else do we got? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, guys, if you um, want to come to my special, if you're a diehard and you are around, send me a private email. Like I said, I will shoot you a link to tickets, okay? Uh, we will do that. I am shooting at the Williamsburg Music Hall on May 2nd. I am thrilled. I'm shooting it with Comedy Dynamics, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, I'm really excited about it, okay? So, uh, there you have that, and let's get into some plugs here. And uh, I'm going to have, by the end of the week, uh, another Patreon or two out there with uh, a special guest that I will be talking to. And um, there's going to be some really special ones coming up, so check that out. Let's see where I'll be. No, I did not mean for that to rhyme. Let's see here. Okay, everybody. I will be... Get tickets to these if you can't make the special... I will be this Saturday. Well, tonight tonight at 8.45, I will be at Stand Up New York on 78th and Broadway. Uh, Saturday night, I will be on the 7 o'clock show at New York Comedy Club and the 9 o'clock show at New York Comedy Club. Uh, Sunday, I'll be at the Majestic Theater with Bill Burr in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. I'll, I got one for you. I got, I got one for you guys. I was in Long Island at a pool at my aunt's house. Years ago, I was probably 8, 9 years old, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure was a movie then. My older brother Christian was 12 or 13. I'm 5 years younger. And there was a scene, <laughs> there was a scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he went to the Alamo, and he walks past like a tour, and the tour lady at the Alamo tells the people, Welcome to the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. Right? So my brother, it just made me and my brother laugh. We're little kids and it made, we would do impressions of it and it would make me laugh. And, and I had to shit really bad. And I'm like this little kid. I'm like eight years old and I'm running around. And I'm going, please, Christian, don't make me go. I got to go. And he goes, welcome to the Alamo, San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. And I just shit my fucking bathing suit. Like just had a log of shit in my bathing suit. Because I, I laughed so hard I shit myself. And I had to walk up to my mom who was sitting with my aunt. And go, Mom, I shit my pants. I just shit. Um, And she had to, like, walk me to the showers. And, like, I had to just go in the showers. It was the worst. So I don't know why I think about that when I think of San Antonio. But I'll be there uh, April 9th. Uh, April 25th, I'll be at Gotham Comedy Club doing Comedy Juice. April 26th. I will be running my hour at Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia. And April uh, Thursday, April 27th, I will be running the hour at Levity Live in West Nyack at the Palisades Mall. Come and check those shows out if you can't make the special. Come out to those shows if you can. Other than that, for more updates, go to uh, paulverzi.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at paulverzi. Um, I don't really use Instagram, guys. Uh, I don't. I just... Sometimes I do, then I don't. My wife has an account and she set me up with an account. I'm just, I'm trying to do the Twitter thing. I'm not really good at that. Uh, Facebook, I pretty much maxed out with friends on Facebook and I just kind of put posts up there. I do have a fa- like a fan page, but I just put up like the the podcast. So um, there's always something new anyway. But um, check out for any other dates. You could check out uh, those, stuff, um, the, those stuff, The those stuff. The website, paulverzi.com and all things, I mean, and at... Jesus, Paul, and at Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I, on uh, Twitter. Uh, This has been a very fast, fun-filled, fun-filled TVE. I'll get more for you guys. Get some stuff out there on Patreon for you guys this week. But this has been episode 301. I hope all you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for coming out to my shows. I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart, the people that came out to Long Island, the people that came out to New York Comedy Club, people that are bringing me cigars, the people that are just saying kind words and uh, seeing you guys come in and fill in these clubs for me. um, it's, it's amazing. It's been an amazing ride, and I would not be able to do it without you. So I just hope you know how much it means to me and um, it's, it's amazing, and uh, I'm so happy that I have the dopest fans, and you guys get to see the special, I know you guys are going to be coming out to the special if you can, and uh, just putting out good stuff, and, and just, you know, doing it for you guys, so thank you for the support, I appreciate it, until episode 302, I'm out of here, I will talk to you guys soon.